All right, how do, how do we sound now, podcast recording application I may or may not have bought? Welcome to the podcast. Was that good? That Did good. I do a good that try? Good. That was good. I'm, uh, I'm Matt Montgomery. This is Off the Crossbar Podcast. It's about Real Salt Lake and stuff, and we'll probably, we'll probably ramble about other things that we... Have no, no that we have no expertise in, which isn't to say we really have expertise in this, but we pretend well. Yeah, we uh, do a pretty good job of yeah something. pulling stuff out of your yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna finish it. Well, because it's a vulgar turn of phrase. Yeah, you and not finishing go hand in hand. Uh, <laughs> so I'm here with with Trevor Brady, uh, Jason Greenwood, uh, our typical host guy. Uh, he's absent with a cold. That's a little unfortunate. Um, cold. Yeah, cold in quotes. Uh, really, I think he's he's pulled a Luke Mahal, and he can only really go 60 minutes at a time. Uh, with our st- podcast stretching <laughs> 90, like, it's just... Might still just be his hammy. Yeah. He's still recovering from that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> he's got a plot of hamstring. Sidelined with an injury. Yeah, so... Um, he's on the DL. Obviously, we've missed a couple episodes. Disabled. <laughs> yeah, we have a couple. Yeah, uh, and three. We, well, no, we've only missed one episode. Uh, we have this is uh, three matches have happened since our last podcast. Vancouver. I think that's missing at least two episodes. No, we had a Saturday. Like if, if we did it properly, we would have had an episode in between each game. Uh, that's a lot of work, Trevor. I agree. You overestimate that. our ambition here. <laughs> yeah, so we played Vancouver. We played Montreal. We played New York. Uh, one of those games we won, two of those games we drew, so we didn't lose any of them. So that's not dropping points. Yeah, five five points from nine is uh, more than half of what's available. Yeah. So that's, you can say we... That's that's playoff. We um, did slightly better than half as well as we should have. I think that's as good... Uh, getting uh, a little bit Baggins there. What? That sentence was a little bit Bilbo Baggins. I've never been accused of being a little bit Bilbo Baggins, but I'm not going to complain. What does that even mean? Remember with his birthday speech at the beginning of Lord of the Rings? Yeah. I like more than half you, less than twice what you deserve, or some garbage like that. I don't remember what it was, but it was purposefully confusing. Oh, that wasn't purposefully confusing. I'm saying we should have had nine points. We had five. We should have, meaning uh, like a... Our moral imperative was to get nine points. Not <laughs> okay. like we deserve nine points. We, from we the played, way played well enough to get nine points. Oh so. no! I mean, all right. So before maybe. we before we launch into maybe. it, let's uh, let's recap briefly. So okay, Vancouver, recap. Vancouver one uh, one bold crap penalty called against Borchers, and then Draw Plata got a goal off of a Beckerman assist. Yeah, and that's beautiful. Pretty much the game. I mean, yeah. I mean, there were other events that occurred. Borchers gets one of those every year, uh, where he's, he makes a fantastic tackle, called for a penalty. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, or he'll be on the ground and the ball hits him. Uh, that's also apparently a penalty. Seems like seems like that happens a lot when we play Vancouver. Yeah. I mean, if you go, if you look at it over the years, over I think it's like, because I looked it up right after the game. It's but like that was two weeks ago, so I forget now. But I think the last three years that we have played Vancouver. Um, across like what, eleven games now? Something we've had. I think it's been four red cards, it's four or five red cards, and like five or six penalty kicks. Yeah, that's that's a few. 
all against us. Like not yeah. not us for Vancouver. Beautiful. Not us for Vancouver. That's a really crappy way to say that. Yeah, well. Not favoring you us against for. Vancouver. Okay. Here on Off the Crossbar <laughs> Podcast. We come to you free every week, so you can't expect anything better than this. True. True. All right, New can't York. Argue that. No, no, not no, New York. We... Montreal. Montreal. Let's talk Montreal. Because the middle is also always supposed to be the happy bit. I learned that in movies. You, you, <laughs> yeah. It starts out sad, it gets really happy, and then it's sad again. It's got some name. Uh, it's a plot, I think is what that's called. No, that's not <laughs> it. No, Montreal, I think, was a much better game. Oh, without a doubt, we won. By two goals. Yeah. Um, Olmez got on the score sheet. Twice. Well, actually, he got on the score sheet once, but the number reads two. Reads two. Uh, you're being, uh, you're a, being a, little a little bit, a little bit, a little bit pedantic. I think this is news. This is news how? It's not. It's I'm not. Just I'm just putting that. Making sure that Make we, sure we are all aware. No, he, no. So he, he, got, so he got. He scored, scored two goals, two goals throughout, the throughout the game. Yeah, yeah. And they were both fantastic goals. Oh, they were. That that. Olmez probably would have scored two, three weeks ago. But he did score a week ago. But he did. That's okay. So. That's why we didn't come to you last week. We were at the game. Yes. That was, was that the Thursday? No. Yeah. Thursday, July 24th. That's right. It was the 24th of July. The day Utah became a state, except in the past. No, it's the day they arrived. No. I think Utah became a state on the 24th, did it? 24th of July, 1986, I thought. 1986. 1896. I'm going to look this up. Okay. Nope. I guarantee you it's not. January 4th. Oh, it is called Pioneer Day, isn't it? Pioneer Day is the day they showed up. This is the place. Well, and it was eighteen forty-seven when they came. Oh yeah, hence days of forty-seven. Yes. Shows what I know about Utah history. Huh? Uh, you were they were here before the gold rush in San Francisco. Yeah, in eighteen. Which always like when I was a kid, like blew my mind. Yeah. I always thought that that was like way before anybody was ever in Utah. Oh. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. So, 24th of July, we played Montreal. Had a great game. Olmez had a great game. Yeah. Um, Luke Mahond had a great game. Luke did have a great game. He got a, a nice goal from a corner kick. Turns out, we can score from set pieces. It just has to be Luke Mahond. <laughs> has anybody else scored from a set piece like that? This year? Yeah. Not ever. In the history of soccer. No. I don't think so. I see. I can't remember now, but... That's a little funny. I'm, I'm, see, here's the thing. Hobby I know scored, right? we have. Yeah, Javi scored. We have. That was last year, though. I think he scored this year, too, right? I don't think so. It's been a long year already. Yeah. I mean, we played, what, 20 games? 21 games? Yeah, 20 games. I, we had to score from a set piece. Yeah, we have. If we didn't, that's that's embarrassing. That's a little artful exaggeration, I suppose. However, our center backs haven't scored from set pieces. That's darn tootin' right the case. So, there's that. But, it's whatever. Because we are scoring goals. We're still allowing goals in pretty much every game. We haven't had a shutout since April. That's, yeah, that's bad. I mean, that's, like that's, really with both, bad. that's both with Ramondo and with Atnella. Uh, yeah, the only shutouts RSL has seen is in reserve league action. With Lalo Fernandez. Since April. I don't think those can. No, I'm just saying. Our defense has been poor. And that was evidenced on the goal that we gave up against New York. Wasn't really evidenced so much in Vancouver. 
because that was kind of garbage that they got that goal. Yeah. And I thought our defense was decent in Montreal, but... Yeah, it was good enough. I mean, still scored. the goal. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, our defense has been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, with maybe an exception. What's what's the exception? Um, I'm going to say, uh, let's lead into this a little bit. Tony Beltran over the last three weeks has played really well. Yes. Chris Schuller played fantastically. Absolutely. Ned Borges has played acceptably well. Pretty well. Pretty, uh, pretty well. I, I not Maybe just behind Schuler actually. Maybe not as... Uh, he gets a little bit of a harsh ride because he's had a long storied career in MLS. He gets a little bit of what? A harsh ride. I don't know. He... Harsh rise? Ride. Ride. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, he's just treated a little less delicately, let's put it. You're saying that we favor Borchers or we don't? We don't favor Borchers. We're See, less likely disagree. to talk positively about him. I would disagree. I think that we do just talk positively about him, and I don't think there's... Uh, oh, I don't mean us. There, there's very few people that are quick to criticize Borchers. He's had a bit of that recently. He has recently, but it's been because, and I think this is kind of the point that you're getting to yeah. with the next person, because they were so good for so long that now it's taken this whole season up to this point before people kind of realize... Matt isn't really playing as well as he used to. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the problem. It's a part of the problem, but the bigger problem... The other part of the problem... Chris Wingert has been poor recently. Uh, actually, I think he's been good defensively, by and large. Agree. Um, I don't think he gets forward very well. Uh, I think he gets forward pretty badly sometimes, and it's a little well, distressing okay. to see. He gets forward just fine. Yeah. But once he has to make a decision of pass the ball... To this guy, or pass the ball to that guy, or he just has no like creative anything. He doesn't know it's who. Not he even, it's he, not he even. It's not even creativity that bothers me. Part well, part of it is because he doesn't know who to pass the ball to when he gets there. Once he gets up there, he's got options, and he's sitting there making the decision of who to pass the ball yeah. to. Yeah, and it's and especially he, clear in the stadium when there's you. You have a great view of that. Yeah, he, TV, he either doesn't know who to pass it to. So he tries to force something that's not there. Yeah. Or he has two options and he usually picks the not good of the two options, the not better of the two options. Sometimes, yeah. Um, It's worth pointing out that against Montreal, not Montreal, New York, uh, and we'll get to that, uh, he did have an assist. Now it was an easy pass, but sometimes it's the easy passes that have been letting him down. He got the assist against New York? Yeah, with the pass into Plata. Little two yarder. Okay. Yeah, I, you I, would, I didn't you realize it out, got but, the assist. But uh, it's it just provides a little bit of balance to to the criticism. I think it, it does. But at the same time, and I mean, I pointed this out to you a couple games ago, and I've kind of made a point to point it out every single time Winger turns the ball over in the midfield. Oh yeah, he no, still we, does that a lot more often than he should be. Yeah, and more often than he used to, certainly. For sure. Um, but I think I think that might just be a symptom of Kassar wanting to lead the attack down the flanks with Beltran and with Winger. It's that it, it's it's I don't think it's something that he used to be good at and now he's not. I think it's just that he's always been not very good at it, but we've never really done it as much before. I think that plays a role. Um, I won't deny that. Uh, but the other thing that plays a role, I think, is how much further forward our midfielders are, are getting generally. Yeah. And so the easy pass, uh, maybe right around the midfield line, dissipates. 
where maybe in the past we had Grabovoy, we had Will Johnson there to, to feed that easy pass and kind of lead the ball up the flank a little differently. Uh, our preference right now seems to be, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, to push the ball through the midfield, or to push the ball down the flanks and, and play it in the midfielders a little higher. Uh, that works really well with Tony Beltran. Uh, yes, that's it does. exactly in it, like, that is exactly the situation he's going to excel in. Uh, he's just—he's basically, for me, a midfielder that can defend really well on the flank. Yeah. Uh, and and maybe there's... Uh, he lacks some of the attacking movement you want from a midfielder. Yeah, uh, that, that's my problem with calling him a midfielder. Yeah, he's really, but, he's got... Oh, and it's not to say he is a midfielder, but he has that same skill set. Yeah, you're that right. That allows him to really dominate there. Yeah, you're right. Um, Chris Winger is less of that, and, he, and maybe it's just a, a systematic shift that that sees him playing a little less well. Maybe he's just a little less well suited to our system. It doesn't play to his strengths. Yeah, that that's I think the problem. It, it's not that Winger is a bad player; it's that we're asking him to do things that he's not necessarily ever done before, or ever been asked to do, or something that he's really good at. Yeah, I mean, when we got him from Colorado. Yeah, I don't remember, actually. I think it was Colorado. Like, years ago, though. Yeah, right? back like, in 2007. Eight, yeah, like, six, seven years ago. When we got him, he was playing center back. And I'm, I'm going to say Colorado, because I'm pretty sure it was. He was playing center back there, and he came here, and then we kind of forced him out onto the left-hand side. Yeah, and he, he naturally was a fullback. He'd play there plenty. Yeah. It wasn't a new thing for him, by any means. It, it wasn't brand new, but... He, he started more as a right back, but he's, he's done really well on the left. Thank you, Robbie Russell, for forcing that. <laughs> yeah, right. But my point is he's never been in a type of position. He's always been a center back or an outside back that plays defense. Yeah. And, and now that we're well. asking him to do something that's not defense, it's basically as if he's got to reinvent himself as a player when he's, what, 29 years old? 30 oh, years old? Oh, he's 31, 32? He, Let's look it up because I'm not certain. He's old. He's not really the age that you want to be teaching somebody a new skill in soccer. Yeah, and I think he's actually generally adapted pretty well. He, he has, but again, it, it I think it shows. I think it shows that he's 32. never played this type of position. He's 32? Turned 32 in June. Boy. Um, I will also say that the uh, second uh, search for Chris Winger in Google uh, suggested search is Chris Winger girlfriend. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> so that's just kind of funny. Has, has Chris Winger ever had like a one-on-one interview, like where he sits down with like the local news or you know, like I actually just sports somebody, and they don't mention whether or not he has a girlfriend. Has that ever happened? I don't know. I don't uh, yeah, I'm, certainly like post-match stuff. Oh, pff, that no, I mean like like if he sits down with like. RSL for Utah, right? They yeah. do their post game occasionally. They invite players in and just do an interview. I swear, every single time it's mentioned, at least in passing. Yeah, I mean he's not married, so that's gonna happen. <laughs> like that's that's something people in Utah are just really interested in. For some reason, yeah, yeah. Who no. knows? Yeah, it's it's a cultural condition. <laughs> so let's move on a little bit. Uh, we'll come back to all this because it comes up again. Uh, you bet it does. In, in just a moment. So, New York. There you go. 1-1 draw. Thierry Henry scores. 
Do all Plaxa scores? Thierry Henry scored one of the most Thierry Henry goals I think we've ever seen in MLS. It was, yeah, in, well, most Thierry Henry in MLS era. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like a, a Thierry Henry MLS goal. It's yeah. Like the most Thierry Henry was, goal. I mean, it was great. He held it off perfectly. He waited until the per- perfect moment. <laughs> I, a fantastic strike. Fantastic play. Strike. Uh, you say strike. It wasn't a strike. He hit he, it. He side-footed that into the side of the net. Just passed yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> From like 25 yards out or whatever he, it was. He pretended Bradley Wright Phillips was in the corner there. And he just scored. <laughs> uh, he just waited for Nick Romano. And he said this in his post-game interview. Uh, he just waited and he saw that Nick Romano couldn't see him. So he just shot it. Yeah. Uh, it's not the first time Nick Romano hasn't seen something this season. Yep. And that's a... Maybe that's a communication thing. Maybe that's a... I, maybe it's just coincidence. Uh, anyway, you can't really derive uh, patterns from from two goals. So Yeah. It's it's just something to think about. And, and I think it's really interesting to think about like when a goalkeeper can and can't see a shot coming in. I think there's a there's there's a lot to that that we just it's hard to consider. Yeah. Like you can defend a you know defend a shot well, but if you know the player can see that there's a a lane open where the goalkeeper can't see, there's nothing like the well, goalkeeper's going to do about it. Yeah, right? and that's 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 Maybe a problem. It, like the defenders need to be aware. They should be aware when the player is moving into a spot where the shot will be shielded. Yeah, because attackers, and, you know, attackers do that all the time. They're looking for, when they make that run across the top of the 18, they're looking for a moment to create some space, obviously. Yeah. But they're also looking for a moment to take that shot when the goalkeeper is shielded. Because they know if they can get the ball 10 feet in front of them before the goalkeeper actually sees it, then the goalkeeper can't react to it. And if he can, he's going to react late and he's not going to get there. Yeah. So they don't need a powerful shot. They just need a shielded shot. Yeah. And defenders have to be aware of that. And they defend in such a way, or they should defend in such a way, that they kind of prevent that from happening with their goalkeeper. Yeah. And generally speaking, we are very good at that. Oh, Ronaldo yeah. does not get shielded from shots often. No, definitely not. I think he definitely got shielded on that one from Henri. Uh, and you... It's a tough one for me because there was just a lot of really, really good movement from New York there. Yeah. And it just pulled us apart. Yeah. And no, it's, it, it's it, awful to see. It, it, it makes me want to vomit. But... It did. But that's the kind of shot that... You would think, if it's just Thierry Henry shooting from there, and Romano's in the position that he was, Romano should be getting that. Now, he didn't, obviously, and oh, there's yeah. factors to consider, Yeah. besides just the shot, but that, that that's what I mean. If Thierry Henry knows that he's shielded and Romano can't see that shot, and he can place it right where he wants to, it, it's going to be a goal every time. Yeah. And maybe the defense needs to be a little bit more aware of that. And to be honest, I'm glad we gave up that goal. And uh, the goal where Nick Romano came out flying and uh, <laughs> pushed the ball into the attacker? Oh, boy. We were talking about that. And I was thinking about that after the game. Um, I don't think I've seen... I can't remember the last time I saw Romano make a mistake like that. It was bad. It was I mean, like really that, bad. That's the kind of mistake that you don't even see like other goalkeepers make in this league. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the kind of mistake that you see. It's uncharacteristic to the extreme. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's just that was such a bad mistake. Yeah. And we were so lucky to not get punished because of it. Yeah. We probably deserve to be punished. 
Oh, no, we definitely did. Yeah. You bet. I mean, that's poor. It's just, it's it's distressing because at, at the start of this three-game homestand, uh, I was really excited to see Nick Romano maybe get that, you know, at least tie that shutout record. That he's one away yeah. from, from tying. With Jimmy Nielsen, of all people, holding it. Who? Jimmy Nielsen? Is it no. not Jimmy Nielsen? Oh, no. Nope. Nope. Some other old white guy. Can I try again? Same. No. <laughs> Why? You know it. I know I know it. Oh, I've said it off. Oh. I give you his nickname. El Gato. Any other hints? Yeah, just tell He's me. He's playing Dallas? Oh, Kevin Hartman. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Jimmy Why did I Nielsen. think it was Jimmy? Did he pass Jimmy Nielsen recently? Does Jimmy Nielsen No, Jimmy Nielsen probably record? has like 12 shutouts in his career. That's not yeah, twelve shut twelve shutouts in <laughs> Kansas City last year. Would that's be that's not accurate. Dallas. But no, he's not like three or four. I don't think he might be like top ten, but I'm only good. because he played with a really good Kansas City defense for the last two years of his career. Yeah, two or three. But anyway, yeah, that's that's yeah. I'm. It's one of those things that I, I feel like it gets jinxed. Because we started the season, everybody was like, oh yeah, Ramondo's definitely going to break the record. Like, four games in, he's going to break it and have already yeah, passed it. Yeah, he was like four games away. Yeah, and then at the beginning of the season, we did great. He got two or three shutouts in the first two or three games. And then we just haven't seen anything since. It's been awful. Like, he went away, came back, just well, Before he went away, when did he leave? He left in May. Yeah. I haven't had a shutout since April 19th. That's bad. He had a bunch of games, and then he left. Now he's back, and he's played three, four games, five? Still hasn't got a shutout. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Nielsen is maybe number ten. We were talking about... Whoopsie. At the beginning of the season, it was mentioned that um, by a lot of media folks, MLS media people, that maybe this is going to be the year that Ramondo finally gets goalkeeper of the year because he's never got it and that's a travesty because he's such a great goalkeeper and yeah. he's in the prime and he's just played out of his mind the last four or five seasons. He hasn't earned it this year. He earned it first a little bit of the season. Yeah, for the first three or four games, maybe. But well, I think he did He did really well before he left. Even if we weren't getting shutouts, our defense was mix and match. And True, fair uh, enough. But ever since he's come back... Yeah, and, and historically... Even, even before he left, though. I mean, the, the three or four games before he left and the four or five games since, I mean, that's seven to ten games that he's been... Okay. He's I been mean, good, let's be honest. Yeah, uh, no, like I said, he's, he's still, like, top five in the league. Yeah. But... But he hasn't made any unreal saves recently. No. But at the same time, he's being tasked with a lot less. Explain. Uh... Like, he hasn't had those unreal saves to make, really. Like, the, the goals that, that he's conceded have been goals you'd expect him to concede. Right? Yeah. Now he's... Okay, he has made some but pretty those, unreal those saves. But those penalties. are the moments when he makes those unreal saves that he's not making. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, they're, just, they're shots taken that just pull our defense apart. The marking's just bad. And, and, like, you can't blame the goalkeeper for that. Mm. Can you? Mm. You can blame him uh, in so far I, I, as you, you, can't, you can't directly 
I'll concede that maybe you can't directly place all the blame on Ramondo. Yeah. But we talked about this before as well. Ramondo is the type of keeper that should be saving your team points yeah. throughout the season on a consistent basis. For one goal games, a lot of times it's one goal difference because you're Ramondo because Ramondo pulls out a whole bunch of saves. Yeah. He hasn't really been doing that this season. That's uh, I think since if, the first if, few if weeks. He's, if he's been saving us points, and that's what I'm talking about recently, in the past two or three months. Yeah. And admittedly part of that he was in Brazil. Yeah, for a pretty big stretch. Okay. But we haven't been saving points because of goalkeeping. Yeah. Which no, is I, which is something that the team has maybe not relied on, but benefited from over the last three or four years. No, we've and relied I think on it, I think. Recently, it's, it's just been made more obvious. And, and we... And again, we, I, We've had bad summers historically, right? Historically, yeah. Uh, and maybe this is just that. Maybe we're overthinking it all. Maybe we are. Uh, it's just something to think about, because I'm, we're searching for explanations, and maybe there aren't any. No, I, there's an explanation. I know there's an explanation. There's an explanation, but, and but it, maybe maybe there are like other factors at play. I'm, and again, I'm I'm sure there are, but those three are things that I think people and aren't criticizing, and maybe probably should take at least a deeper look at. Yeah, I mean, Orchers, Winger, and Romando. That's yeah. his name. Romando all have not really played as well as they used to. And again, it, it's not part of that. Uh, Age is part of that. It's not all their fault, and I'm not trying to blame it all on them. I'm just saying that they're contributing factors that maybe people aren't seeing or recognizing or wanting to admit. Yeah. When people look at the end of the game and they say, oh, why did we tie New York? A lot of people like to blame, oh, urgency or, or yeah, effort or, or we what, needed we to did, pull off a midfielder and yeah. get another forward on. And mm, I don't necessarily think that's always the case. No, they're... they're so those, those are a lot of easy answers, and I think there might be some more difficult answers, like our veterans that we usually rely on, we aren't really able yeah. to rely on as much. You know, and if we can't rely on them as much right now, as long as they're fantastic come playoffs, yeah. and, and toward that, that stretch right before playoffs, when we'll probably have to make sure we're in there, Maybe. distressingly... Uh, yeah. And that that's when it really counts. Yeah. And, and the MLS veterans they know this. Yeah, uh, they sure do. And motivation is certainly a bigger factor then than it is now. For sure. I think um well I know that that's one thing that I've just been personally so I keep my stress level down for these kind of games or like for this last stretch that we've had for the two months. Um just at the beginning of the season, I reminded myself it's 34 games. We've got a long ways to go. A loss doesn't get us out of the playoffs right now. Yeah. It's more important to just be in the hunt near the end of the season yeah. and then just get in. And yeah. it doesn't matter if you get in in fifth or in first, although first is definitely better than fifth. Yeah. But as long as you're in the playoffs, you've got a chance. Yeah. So we're still in the playoffs. It's not a pretty picture, but we're still second. I mean, L.A. Yeah. definitely has game hand games in hand. Yeah. Seattle has games in hand and a huge lead. So that, forget that about that. That lead's been but, cut down a little, but I mean a little, but yeah. They still got two games in hand and an 8-point lead, I think is what it is. Yeah. So, but either way, long season, plenty of time to go, plenty of time to get in form. 
and uh, yeah. get better right before the playoffs, which is when it really counts. Yeah, there's one more thing we haven't talked about with New York. Well, there's there's plenty we haven't talked about. <laughs> there's one more big yes. thing. Uh, we all know what it is, and it's the case of one Mr. Olave. Um, oh, that. Former Real Salt Lake legend. Taking I mean, a chunk. I'm not, not going to say he's a former legend. I think he might be a former legend. Former player. Uh, <laughs> taking a chunk out of Olmes Garcia's manhood. Uh, getting getting to grips with Olmes Garcia. Uh, that was a little bit of a stretch. Nah. <laughs> uh, obviously, if you've seen the incident, uh, and I'm sure all of you have, all three of you listening. If you haven't, short description... Uh, yeah, go for it. Olmes got into it with Garcia because Olmes got into Olme, it. Garcia got into it with Olave because of some thing. I think Olave yeah. got a piece of him on a yeah he, a, he on a tackle. Or he something. did a little bit, and then Olave walked around, you know, waving his imaginary yellow card, which was weird because he never did that here, did he? Yeah. Like he seemed uh, well. He also I think he, I think he might have once or twice. Yeah, a little bit. It's a little out of character. Anyway. They start... Waving his stupid imaginary yellow card. They start having words, and as Olave starts walking away from Garcia having words with him, he reaches down and grabs his dick and balls. Straight up. Well, to, to be fair, <laughs> it may be one or the other. We <laughs> we didn't get that good a view of it. Video evidence is a little inconclusive as to on which... how much of what Olave grabbed. Yeah. Uh, but he definitely painful, no grabbed doubt. something. Uh, you you saw an immediate reaction from Olmes of pain. Yeah, understandable. He stands up, straightens himself out a little bit, put, pushes. Yeah, puts his arms up, pushes himself off of Olave, goes flying back spectacularly. <laughs> I mean, it was like a kung fu dive there, and then rolls around on the floor for like four minutes, like Eric Cantona had kicked him in the chest. Yeah, well, testicles. <laughs> and then he got a yellow card for it. Who knew that you could get a yellow card for diving? Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, the referee did not have a great angle on the incident. It was well behind the play. Uh, Olave had stayed thing. well back. I remember, I seem to remember, because I was in the stands next to yeah. you, and it happened directly in front of us. Or not directly, but pretty much in front of us, our seats. And I remember watching a lot, or... Yeah, Olave get up, start walking back, and go, Olmez chase him, and then start talking to him. And I remember pointing at it and in my head saying, look at what's happening. And then I'm pretty sure I looked at Geiger and saw Geiger turn and see Olmez right before he went down. Yeah. So I don't know that Olmez saw him, not Olmez, uh, Geiger saw him get a handful. Oh, he was, he was, but he, I'm pretty sure Geiger was looking right at it when I happened. He was following the play, so he was you know in the midfield. Like, the play was in the midfield by then. You know, in the middle It, it, it was. It and was. so from that distance, I, like, it was I a swear, I remember Geiger guy. turned and looked at it right as Olmos went down. And yeah. I think that's part of the reason why he was so quick and easy to give him a yellow card. Oh, I, he deserved it, the yellow it, card. That's the now, kind of thing. Now, deserved a red card. Probably. Uh, but Olmos deserved that yellow card for just being a kid. Being a stupid kid. Disciplinary committee is going to have fun with that one. Yeah. I can't wait. Until yeah, they that, decide, no, that wasn't, no, no suspension. Nothing. That would be fantastic. Because you know that's what's going to happen. After that Clint Dempsey uh, suspension <laughs> earlier in the year, when it was just like a tap. Yeah. He just tapped some guy in the testicles. 
Yeah. Testicles is such a fun word to say. It is a fun word to say. Uh, but no, you you know, they're not going to do anything about it. I know. Because that's the way the disciplinary they will. goes. They, they will. have. I'm certain they will. Perfect precedent for that exact same scenario, and they're just going to ignore it. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. It's, if it, it's if probably it wasn't true. clear, I do not like the disciplinary committee. I like the idea of the disciplinary committee I in some the aspects. The execution's awful. Yeah. It's like uh, Guantanamo Bay. Great idea, bad execution. <laughs> uh, I don't think I politically agree with that statement uh, at all. I don't think Off the Crossbar is making any political statements with that Something comparison. G- Gaza, Israel, Palestine. <laughs> oh, this is what we need Jason here for. I know. he. Actually, he'd have something great to say. Now, we do talk something about we waterboarding a little more than we should. Uh, <laughs> oops. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it happens. Do we so, want to take a break and then talk we, about news, or do we yeah, want to just talk about news? No, no, take let's a take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about news. We'll take a, probably take another break because we're lazy. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Colorado Rabbits coming up on Saturday. And then we'll take... This Saturday, we'll, even. Yeah, this Saturday. We're not doing another episode before that one or after, you know, immediately after that one. You'll have to wait till next week. Unfortunately. Yeah. Poor you, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we'll talk to listener questions. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. You'll probably have to listen to some... Awful music, so... Or great music. Uh, yeah, probably... Let's be honest. The past couple of, of weeks, we've hit the nail on the head with the music. That's because Jason's not here to give us good ideas. So we just go with the worst <laughs> idea and it just somehow works out. <laughs> it's beautiful. We're back. Get up off the throne? Phone. Phone. Oh, your phone. That you're, makes sense. you're listening. Utensils are broken. <laughs> listening utensils? Yeah, your ears. Oh, okay. Is yeah. that what they are? Yeah, they're listening. You you tense them. No, you don't. It's a word. You tense? Yeah. That utensil is something you tenses. <laughs> I'm utensing my food right now. Go away, Trevor. You are lying. <laughs> no. Pretty sure. I don't think I call this lying. I think you have a different concept of lying. <laughs> There's actually a philosophical distinction. Uh, this is bullshitting. There, there is a difference between <laughs> lying and bullshitting. You are bearing false witness. Why? Right, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I am telling mistruths. Anyway, I'll explain the philosophical di- distinction to you later when I remember. Off it. the air, maybe. Well, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> It'll be a listener question when we play Ned or Cole. Okay. Uh, Which one could more? Yeah, anyway. Okay, news. We have one bit of news from last week. Oh, this is a big bit of news. Yeah, but it's not new, so it's... Not really. Old. Old news, but... It's new news. It answers a question that we have been asked before and we've talked about. A couple of questions that we've asked before, been asked before, and we've talked about before on this podcast. Yeah. Are we going to see a signing? Is it going to be at forward? Is it going to be from the academy or is it going to be from a person on trial? Is it going to be... Whatever. All those related questions have been answered. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. To pretty much all of them. Yeah. Um, well, you can't really answer yes to like a multiple choice question. It's not yes or no. Right. So yes, Academy. Yes, Academy kid. Yes, forward. I like that we're teasing this, but yes, everyone already Simon. knows. It's Sebastian Saucedo. Yeah, it is. That's and pretty cool. He's not actually, like, on the team right now, right? See, and this is where it gets really <laughs> hazy. 
So this is this is MLS contracts to a T right here. Uh, he is on uh, essentially a contract now. Uh, so he's signed a contract, uh, but his start date is 2015. So he started. So he signed like a pre-contract. Uh, but I assume he's actually contracted to the team now. Well, that's kind of what a pre-contract does. Well, but he's being paid now, not not you know going to be paid when the contract starts. But his like roster spot doesn't. Yeah. Count so until... so maybe he's got some reserve contract that we've never heard of. Uh, Developmental player contract? No, it's not even that. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe there maybe it's a signing bonus. Like here's your signing bonus, whatever your salary was just from here to the end of the year. And then you're actually going to be on the team next year. Yeah, however they worked it. But it was actually announced as a contract. So, yeah. um, Regardless, sure he's, Garth, he's an Garth RSL worked, player. Yeah, Garth worked his magic again. I know MLS doesn't love contracts like this. Uh, but it's but Garth, for some it's reason Garth they Lager, let us so. do it all the time. Well, just twice. Carlos Sacedo uh, and now Sebastian Sacedo. What is something Carlos Sacedo that was... No, we we had him with the team for basically six months before he signed. Oh, okay. And he scored a fantastic volley from in in training that uh, made the rounds on YouTube. Salcedo, Carlos. Yeah. Carlos Salcedo. I guess I'm, I guess I missed that one. Yeah, it was really good. It was like three years ago, two years okay. ago. So yeah, uh, we signed the kid. He's a striker. He's fantastic. Uh, he's one of the best young American players right now. Yes. Um, he scored 50 goals in two years for the academy. Uh, not for one all, of the best academy teams in, yeah, well, in the country. Yeah, uh, not always playing at forward. Yeah, he kind of plays... He play, He has three spots he likes to play. Yeah. He plays at forward. He plays on the left wing in a forward position. Uh, however you describe those. That position... That's kind of like he was plays. playing against Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. What do you say? Kind uh, of a, a left forward winger? It's hard to say. Okay. Um, he played the plotter role in that, in that yeah. sense. Uh, you know, our forwards do drift wide. So it's, yeah. it's an important thing. Um, and also at attacking midfield. And he's got a good eye for a pass, and he's got a great eye for a goal. We seem to have a lot of those players that play one position, but also play attacking midfield. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have two or three players who... Aren't playing now, but are probably attacking midfielders. So yeah, it'll. This is. This we've is a got weird a couple season. academy kids that are ready to graduate or getting ready to graduate. That are also. They've all, they've all graduated now. Uh, that we're going to graduate this year. So. Jose Hernandez did he? Because that's what I'm thinking of. Um, like definitely attacking midfielder type player. I actually don't know. <laughs> that situation seems stranger, but I the day. I hope we sign him up. He's shorter than Joe Aplata, which is <laughs> spectacular. Tiny. He'll find a professional career tough. Uh, yeah. Because he's literally five feet tall. Yeah. Or maybe five one. But he is a great little player, though. Yeah. Uh, he'll you know challenge for the ball. Uh, he he can jump well, so yeah. he's he's going to win a header over someone who can't jump and is slightly taller than him. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's... But that's not the news. The news is no. Salcedo. And Salcedo... I, I'm just so excited we've signed him. Everyone wanted to sign him. Oh, yeah. He yeah, kissed no, the badge in the Generation Adidas Cup. Like, <laughs> in the semifinal, he scored a brilliant... No, or was it in the final? 
scored a fantastic goal, kissed the badge in front of the camera. Like, yeah, it's a little cheesy. Like, No, it's definitely cheesy. It's something I've always wanted to do in an indoor game. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's cool to see the kids are that excited about RSL. And like wanting to be a part of RSL, yeah, and, it, and that's that's usually awesome. something that is strictly that, that you see like all the professionals do, and you know, as a kid looking up to the professionals and and the guys that you look up to that are on the team going through or on the team that you're trying to be on, kiss the badge. Like it's it's just one of those things that yeah, I think the people doing it think it's really cool, and a lot of. Other people, like fans of the team, think it's cool, but everybody yeah. else is just like, that's kind of stupid. I think it's really cool to see an academy kid do it. No, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm happy. But I think if it was like a Dallas academy kid, I would think it's pretty stupid. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's what I'm saying. It's Dallas, let's be honest. <laughs> so that's that's news. That's news, and that's really, really fantastic. News, I just actually. can't wait to see him play. And we're gonna, soon, uh, we're going to have to have a show talking about 2015. Um because yeah, it's are, getting so. closer. Yeah. We're now on the downward half toward 2015. We are. That scares me a little bit. What can you do? I don't know. Yeah. Stuff. Okay, uh, let's move on. Yes. I think we've exhausted this topic. Uh, we could probably talk about it for another we hour. We haven't, but we, let's... We've well. exhausted our useful discussion on this topic. Yes. Not that that's ever stopped us. <laughs> uh, Saturday we play this little old team we've played once or twice before named Colorado Repeats. I think you're pronouncing it wrong. I heard that's a cool new thing to do in podcasts. <laughs> no? <laughs> Colorado Rapids, there you go. Chris Winger? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, who aren't in great form, right? Not in yeah, awful mean, form. They just sort of exist this season. They're kind of just like most mid-table MLS teams. They have some games where they're fantastic and they're, they have players that play great. And then they have some games where they just, as a team, are awful. I mean, this is the Colorado team that beat an on-fire Chivas team. I say on-fire. They won three in a row, which is the first, and that was the first time that they had done that in like five years or something like that. Yeah. So as on fire as Chivas can get, they went in and pretty much just tore them apart. And then the very next week, got ripped apart by New England, who yeah. had lost their previous nine. Yeah. So they're just the most up and down team in the league, but they do have a lot of very good, very young talent. You know what's really funny? I'm looking at the standings. I see that. Uh, they are three points behind us. Yep. Uh, and that doesn't say awesome things about us. I think it just more says a lot about the Western Conference. It the says the a lot entire about... Western Conference is just really close right now. Can you imagine? We, we'd be five points ahead of them if in one of the many games in which we've had a lead and lost it, hadn't lost that lead. Yeah. Hey, you know what we didn't mention? You know how at the beginning of the season we kept giving up leads? Yeah. We were doing that late. Now we're not doing it so late. No, we're not really doing it. Well, we gave up a lead against New York. That's true. We gave up a lead against Vancouver. No, we didn't. Did we come from behind on that we one? We came from behind on Vancouver. What an exciting draw. And then I think we... 
Uh, I'm trying to remember what happened in Montreal. Did they tie it at one, and then we yeah. won, we scored two? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, before that, we were losing games. Not in the last minute, though. <laughs> Fortunately. Yeah, so... We are losing them, like, in the... When did we lose against Chivas? When was that? Oh, let's not like talk about it. Like the 18th minute? Yeah. When Luke got his red card? Oh, Whoops. boy. Uh, anyway, it's the simple things. Okay, Colorado. But, you're right, though, to point out that... On the whole, we did that a lot at the beginning of the season. We're not doing that as much this season. And that's a market improvement. Uh, it's great to see the improvement from the beginning of the season through the middle of the season. And hopefully we will continue to improve through the end of the season. Oh, we better. We better. Well, think about it. If we do, then that's the perfect time to get better. The perfect time to get better is now. And then just be great all the time. Yeah. It's MLS. Uh, I, I don't but think you can ever expect that. No. Someday someone will have an undefeated season. Uh, that is not this year. I don't think it'll be in the next ten years. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Ever. I bet it happens. I don't. Uh, it'll... It's, it's... There's no way. It'll happen when uh, New York City FC is loaned like 18 <laughs> players from Manchester City who well, somehow see, here, have mysterious American passports. Here's the problem with that is... It's going well. That's because we're going to send all of our New York kids to their academy. Oh yeah, they're going to train in the Manchester and then loan them back here. Yeah, that's how it's going to work. Well, they'll send all their uh, all their African kids. Manchester City has a has a pretty big movement, right? Yep. Uh, they'll they'll train them all in New York. They'll get citizenship. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, no, it's just it, it's the best teams in the league. Like this season, one of the best teams in the league is DC United. That's and so they have weird. to travel to Kingston, and no, it's Portland that has to travel to somewhere, and Guyana, which is on the South Africa South American continent. Okay. It's like yeah, eight thousand like miles from Portland. On the north end of it. Okay, it's on it though. Well, it's yeah. not like Central America at all. It's decidedly South America. I don't pretend to understand geopolitics that much. I'm not talking geopolitics. I'm talking distance, geography alone. Yeah. Portland is not the best team in the league right now, but oh, if they no. were, if they were on track to be undefeated, that trip would screw them up so hard. Yeah. And that's never going away. That's awesome. I love MLS. <laughs> I love Champions League. It's it's just so much fun, but it's just wacky. It's the best. It's just I wacky. love our Champions League. It's, I it's hate the it. most bananas Champions League uh, of all of them. It's that stupid three group, three, three team, team group. group. Yeah, that's it's the worst dumb. thing. That's I hate dumb. it. It's the reason we didn't get out of our group against Herediano. Well, okay. That we also was. played kind of poorly. Oh, yeah. In a couple of games. We lost to Tauro? No, we didn't lose to Tauro. I'm pretty sure we lost one to Tauro. I think we lost in Panama. Now I care. Anyway, let's not talk about that. That's maybe it was also Herediano that we definitely lost. Yeah, it was Herediano in Costa Rica. Okay, we didn't win any games in that group. What was the other problem? No, we beat Tara. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, we're going to look it up later. Because okay. we can't not, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, Back okay. to Colorado. What's, we... our, what's our team look like? Uh, we just played yesterday, obviously, so that's, that's not a long recovery time. But Colorado also played... Yesterday. Yeah, they played yesterday, because yeah. they lost New England yesterday. Yeah. So we are both on the same amount of rest. Uh, do you think we see any major changes in the lineup as a result? No. 
Not even well, defensively. Well, okay. Define major. Any anybody really that outside of say Luke Mahon or Ulmas Garcia because those two have rotated yeah. in and out pretty frequently. That's that's what I would think might change. I think Finley might get the start. Yeah. Over Ulmas, not because Ulmas played poorly, although he wasn't spectacular, but just because Finley's now fresh. Yeah, well... He didn't play midweek. And it's hard... Olmez did. And maybe... Sorry, he did play midweek, but he played like 20 minutes. Yeah, 25 10 minutes. minutes. Uh, 15, I thought he came in the 50, 65th or 70th. Nope. Uh, Luis Gil did. Uh, okay. he, he played like 15 minutes after Olmez Garcia kind of lost his head. Yeah. I did not mean to make that pun, but I'm not taking it back. <laughs> anyway. To be... Re- to. For the record, we haven't heard anything about Olmes Garcia losing anything. He's not on the on the injury list. Yeah. We haven't heard anything about that, so bruised uh Yeah. Ego? Yeah, ego. <laughs> That's where that started. Alright, so producing or no, I, I think we might see a change up top. Just because we probably I mean we have. Yeah. We we haven't had a consistent starter up top. Yeah. Outside of Plata. Yeah. Ever since, what? well, ever since Sabo was out. Huh. Huh. You know, is the only one that's been any kind of consistent. Um, and what a consistent that is. Yeah. It's, so I, it's I, awesome. I think we're probably going to see Plata Finley. And oh, I think that or, there's a lot of people that don't really like that, but yeah, whatever. Get used deal. To it. Yeah, basically. And then I think maybe, I don't think Mulholland did anything to lose his spot, and I don't think Gil did anything to gain his spot back. Gil dribbled around a bunch of people and flicked the ball in the air and did some cool stuff and then yeah, disappeared. That's, that's kind of what Luke did for a lot of the game, too. Yeah. I mean, Not as spectacularly. No. But, I mean... That, that was really spectacular from Luke, Luke was, let's be honest. Luke was re- pretty well defensively. Yeah. Did pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I just... I don't think Luke played badly enough to lose a starting spot, and I don't think Gil played good enough to earn the starting spot from somebody who's just been consistent. Yeah. So, it's probably going to be Mulholland. It might be Gill. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah. Uh, but if it, it is it Gil... It might be someone else, too. If it is Gill, I don't think it's... Or if it's somebody else. I, Well, okay. If it's Gill, I don't think it's that Gill earned a spot back. I think it's just squad rotation. Yeah. yeah if bit. it's somebody else, it's definitely squad rotation. If Velasquez starts. Or John Sturzer. Or Sturzer starts. It's Sturzer, definitely I love just... Sturzer. Giving young guys time. I actually think Sturzer might have been okay in that game. Or against New York? Yeah. Yeah, he probably would have. <laughs> I don't think fun. he would have made the difference, but... No. no he just would have done okay. Yeah. Uh, but then so would Gil, and so would Velasquez from the start. Okay, looking at our bench on Wednesday, we had one defender there. Salcedo? Yeah, does that does that indicate any sort of... and. Uh, there, there is a question about this later, so we can talk about it in more depth. Uh, but that does that indicate anything uh, as to our lineup approach this weekend? I really, really, really hesitate to look at a bench. Yeah. And try to determine lineup like future oh, lineups I, from it. I, I wouldn't dare really do it, but maybe a little. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that's like fun to talk about, but yeah. really, it's just. Based on no information, it's all speculation. Yeah, that's what we specialize in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> almost really. almost disagreed with you there, but wow, Trevor, we're we're uh, learning. Yeah, we're learning here. <laughs> that was a, a teaching moment. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think it means anything. Um, 
I mean, usually you have two defenders, two midfielders, two forwards. And right? we had, we've had one defender for two weeks now. I just I, don't think it matters. I think and as far as future lineups are concerned. Yeah, as far as future lineups, I don't think about it. I think it matters in like a tactical approach to a game. Yeah. I think Kassar would rather have an extra option as a midfielder. Because that's yeah. what he's been doing. He's had the and two forwards, three midfielders, and one defender, yeah, right? Well, let's talk about this now. This is actually really, I think, interesting. And it's been a pattern we've seen. Okay. Uh, my premise, here's, it makes it sound like I've actually thought this out really well. That's never the case. Uh, we've been playing three at the back in some choice circumstances. Clearly not the best circumstances to be playing him in. Which three at the back are you talking about? Uh, We did it against Montreal. What did we do against Montreal? Did we not? We did it against Vancouver, right? That's how we we rescued point. We pulled, um, what, Winger? Or Beltran? And then put in somebody? Yeah, I think it was Beltran. Okay, but you're you're talking about making a forward for a defender substitution. Yeah, or even a... Three at the back. Yeah. So we've played three at the back a few times. Okay. Um... And we've actually looked pretty comfortable doing it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's not an ideal circumstance. Um, but maybe that indicate, you know, maybe Kassar sees that as a genuine option. I think uh, it's pretty clear he does. And Which is interesting because it was, it was something uh, we didn't do as frequently under Christ. I think we did it like five times in yeah. two years. Yeah. Uh, but before that, like, not Never. much. Never. Um, and so maybe he sees that as an option and, and says, all right, well, like if the, you know, a circumstance happens where I have to take off a central defender or right back or left back, like we have options to fill that. Yeah. Like if you and take that's... off winger, you can put in Salcedo on the right. You can put him in the center. You can you know, put Beltran on the left. You can, you can mix and match this group of players really well. The odds of two injuries in one game to defenders, pretty low. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's that's what I think. I think he has somebody who... Uh, he has a defender, usually on the bench. Um, if he has two, the second defender is Mansali. Yeah. Because... And it's not because he wants two defenders. It's because Mansali is a guy that can be a defender. If yeah. If we need somebody to play left back... Um, because Winger got injured early yeah. in the game or something, then you can put Mansali in and, and he makes sense for that left-back position. Yeah. Um, to actually play left-back. But he also can just play forward. Yeah. Um, and we could just play three at the back with Mansali on there. So he he's not a defender for the second defender on the bench. Yeah. He has one straight-up defender. That's usually Salcedo or maybe Mond or... Yeah. What? It's been Mon before. It's been, I don't think we've ever seen... Have we've we seen, seen Kwame on there? Mm, I actually don't remember now. I don't think we've seen Kwame on the... Well, yeah. no, I'm sure we've seen him on the bench once or twice. But usually... But it's after really recently. He's on really come back from injury recently, so... Yeah, it's true. Maybe so. we haven't. But anyway, usually one, and the reason he has three midfielders and two forwards is that. Yeah. In case he needs to make subs in the midfield... We have two and then options. It, he can make two subs in the midfield... And then still have a midfield and two forward options yeah. as somebody else who he can put on in place of, say, a winger or Beltran or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it gives us I, different flexibility. 
Yeah. Uh, um, it's it's interesting because you with these seven man benches you usually see two defenders. Yeah. Uh, and, and Kassara's displayed a little less abandoned that way. Yeah. Uh, I dig it. So it's cool. It's interesting. Uh, but then again, it could also just be that our defenders are out of form. He just our, want, he he's rewarding more midfielders with bench spots for morale reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know that that plays a part of it for or, for a lot of those players. Yeah. Rewarding them with a bench spot is a reward for some of those players. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Hey, and we could see John Sturzer play right back, which was an awful experiment. It worked. Uh, yeah. I mean, kind of. Kind of. We didn't in lose that because of game. it. Yeah, that... Oh, that... Let's not talk about that game. That game never happened. Hey, actually, it yeah. did for two reasons. One is one that we already mentioned. Sturzer played right back. Yeah. And I thought it was not a bad idea. No, it no. Kind it kind of worked. Yeah. He was like a slightly taller, almost like less dreamy Tony Beltran. He got an assist. Did he? On Sandoval's goal. Well, good for him. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great cross, actually. It was. It was a really good cross. Hey, it's and also, Mansali played as a forward. Oh, that's true. For like the last ten minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah, that was such a weird game. <laughs> that game was bonkers. Uh, we it was a, bad. A local referee in the center. Was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, he's he's refereed us before at Soccer City, I believe. Really? Yeah. Uh, gave three penalties in the first half to the opposition. See, because I, I heard One Soccer them, City comments, and I thought that that was a joke. Oh, no, that wasn't a joke. Soccer City referees are, in my experience, albeit limited, not very good. Yeah, I am. Yeah, they're referees. They're going to get a hard go at it sometimes. No, I know, but I mean, I've, I've played plenty of indoor games in plenty of places, and Soccer City referees are decidedly worse than others. Some of them, yeah. No, this guy, like, I don't remember being really bad at Soccer City. Yeah. Maybe but we'll see you out there one day, Trevor. Three penalties. Yeah. In the first half. Yeah. Give me a break. And a red card. Yeah. In the fourth minute. Okay, anything else to say? No, that was a, that was totally deserved red card, though. You really think so? He put his foot into his... Aaron Mon put his foot into an attacker's stomach in the box. Okay, here's the thing. I was not at the game. You were. Yeah. At the game, you probably had a better angle of that than I did. I was watching it on the street, looking right down at it. Were you on that side? Were you on thirty-five or this side? I was basically around twenty-six. Oh, so you were like behind the goal? Yeah, right behind where it happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, you definitely had a better angle than me because yeah. I was I had the TV angle, and from the TV angle, it looked like he just put his foot across to like challenge for the ball, and yeah, maybe it's a foul, but that's not a red card. Oh, yeah. No, he, he got him in the stomach, it looked like. Okay, all right. Uh, with his cleats. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's not... <laughs> not smart. Anyway, that yeah, game maybe was... Maybe that's why we haven't seen him on the bench a little bit. <laughs> maybe. Uh, there's only really been one match. Is, is Mond... So. Sorry to sidetrack. Is Mond the most bipolar player that we have on the team? Either just fantastic or disastrous. Maybe. I mean, well, the first time we saw him was against Charleston for 30, 45 minutes, and it was the worst defensive performance I've ever seen Real Salt Lake put together. Okay. Yeah. And then as soon as he came off, all of a sudden, all the problems were solved. Yeah. And but then... he's also had really good matches. I know. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, when, when we played... Um, he, went down, he, he went down injured against San Jose, right? Maybe. That was him that Salcedo came in for. 
He played really well before then. Yeah. And then I think he also played in the, the game before that, or maybe two games before Something. that. Something. Pretty well in those games. Really impressed with yeah. him. Considering how bad he was before. And then he has this reserve game against Pittsburgh, and he gets a red card in the fourth minute. Yeah. It's really... Bipolar. Really strange. Anyway, uh, let's take a quick break. We can talk about listener questions. We can talk about them. Uh, and maybe some of them will ask about Colorado, because frankly I don't think there's much to say about them that we've come up with. So. No, really not. I'm just excited to watch another match, I guess. Yeah, me too. Okay, we'll, we'll be back for listener questions. <coughs> Trevor, <laughs> excuse you. Uh, and we're going to talk listener questions. But first, uh, a little bit of news on the USL Pro situation. Just breaking we are probably the first podcast to talk about this. Oh, undoubtedly. That's pretty normal. We're even beating the local radio sports talk to this news. Ah, look at us. I'm going to recline now on my non-reclining couch. I wish I had a reclining couch. You should invest in one. I know. All right, so the news... Back to the news. It's not really news, It's news, it's just not breaking. It's it's not like out of the blue news. Anyway, let's get to it. You want me to say it? You just read the article. I just read the headline, so... Oh, well, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, so, the proposal for the stadium fairground... For a stadium at the fairgrounds, uh, not going through yet, necessarily, uh, but more formal... Uh, like, a formal proposal has been issued, um, and sounds one step closer to being done. Yeah. Uh, done deal. Well... One step closer, even if it's not yeah, a done one deal. step closer to a resolution. Yeah, but that's, really, that's it's it's, it's not as big a step as I mean, they filed some paperwork. Is really all they did. That's a big step. It is, but it's yeah. not like indicative of whether or not it's going to succeed or fail. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, but it did. It did have a it's couple indicative that it hasn't already failed. True. Um, they did have a couple little news bits. Um, said the stadium. That they were going to build there would cost somewhere in the vicinity of twelve to fifteen million dollars. Yeah, ten to twelve actually is what it. Meant. Ten to twelve is what it said. Yeah. Okay. Um, did it say if it would be if they would look for public money at all, or would it be hundred percent um, financed by us? I don't believe it said. Okay. Um, it may have. Okay. So, well, um, then taxpayers might be funding another. And RSL actually, uh, it would be more than an RSL stadium. And this is one thing it brought up. Uh, it could also be a hub for women's soccer. Yes. Uh, and and the so delicately worded uh, Hispanic soccer leagues. Um, now, what exactly that means, I'm not sure. If that's just like a recreational... It means we are not allowed to play. Oh. <laughs> recreational adult leagues, uh, presumably. Yeah, um, that's what you'd imagine. Yeah, local tournaments. Uh, it said lacrosse, but really, does anybody watch that stick and net game? I don't know. Yeah. It's just so weird. I don't get it. I don't either, but that doesn't mean we can criticize it, Matt. Yeah, it does. I fear I what ha- we do not understand. I hate things I don't understand. <laughs> I'll look it up on Wikipedia later, and I'll understand all of lacrosse and all of the rules, and then I'll forget it promptly maybe 20 minutes later. Maybe that's where they could play the... the... Rugby finals at. So oh, and not our field. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. That'd yeah. be stellar. Because they don't fill that thing up. 
Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe we could bring back the BYU exhibition matches, the friendlies. Yeah, why would we want that? Those were, the, those were so fun. Oh, I hate them. I when have we them. done well? That's not the point. Oh. The point is, there's two to... soccer teams in this state that I like going to watch, and then they play each other. And that's just enjoyable to me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it. Well, I do, so. Okay. Uh, so anyway, okay. that's that's literally it. That's the news. They filed some paperwork and released some numbers. That's about it. Questions? Okay. Uh, we've got a few, actually. Maybe more than three, like you said. Three so, people. Oh, uh, well, yeah. All right. Uh, so we'll start. Because uh, actually a few days ago, Charles asks... Charles Barnard, of course, friend of the program, one-time co-host. Twice-time co-host. Twice-time. Twice-time. Sorry, Twice-time Charles. Twice-time co-host. Okay, uh, thoughts on new stadium. Is SLC best place for USL Pro Team? Yes. yes. End of. Uh, one, well, actually, hang on. Mm. All right, I'm going to give my argument first. Mm. One, uh, we are actually close to a stadium deal. Uh, that's a big deal. Um... <laughs> That's further than we've been at any other location. Two, it's close to our headquarters in Salt Lake City, Utah, the, the city proper, uh, and the headquarters, of course, of Off the Crossbar, a Real Salt Lake podcast, in our Capitol Hill studios. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's not so, quite walking distance, but it's just over the freeway. Geographically speaking. It's awesome. For us. It's great. It's great for Salt Lake City. Uh, it's great for Salt Lake County. Eh, whatever you talk about. I don't care about you. Sorry. Here's the thing. That that would be... There's three places that I think would make the most sense. I have other reasons, by the way. For this. I'll shout them as you start to say yours to overpower you. There's three places that I think would make perfect sense for the stadium. Don't say Boise. One is Salt Lake. Okay. And... The fairgrounds is probably going to be the best place you're going to No, uh, Yeah, that's put. a fantastic place. Yeah, it's wonderful for all kinds of reasons. Yeah. Somewhere in Utah County, yeah. probably just for personal reasons. Yeah. Glad you admit P- it. Probably. I would, I would appreciate being really close to another soccer organization. Yeah. Um, the third place that I think would make a lot of sense is somewhere in Arizona, like Phoenix. Okay. Or somewhere near the Academy. Uh, they do have a USL Pro team in in the area, though. They've got a yeah. They've got Arizona United in. Oh, that's right. They have the PDL Phoenix, and the USL, and Pro. they have Tucson. Uh, that's FC right, Tucson. So maybe not, but that that's the yeah, reason I, why I, I on think either side of the academy. Actually, I'm thinking academy, academy being kind of right between the two. Yeah, at Casa Grande. So maybe Casa that, Grande. That's right, Casa Grande. No, Casa Grande. Like, it, Casa Grande. No, it's grand actually. Uh, it's not uh, for, spelled that way. No, it's not. But from an Arizona native, uh, not me, I have received this from an Arizona native who grew up in a town near Casa Grande. Okay, well, then they're pronouncing it wrong. I'm just saying. Well, that's. I'm that's just saying. It's what Spanish. the locals call it. So, well, the locals well, have been wrong before. Yeah, well, the locals call it Hurricane Utah, so. Well, that's correct, though, so. You're crazy. <laughs> No, th- those are, those are the three places that come to mind yeah. that, to me, make a lot of sense. The Riverside possible location. That would have been cool. It would have been cool, but it wouldn't have made any sense to me. Yeah. I mean... It would make sense for Deloitte. 
For Deloitte, because he had a house near there. Good for him. Well, and it it allows him to buy into real estate there, and that's... Again, good for him. Yeah. Like... Good for him, and we get USL Pro. Not an issue now. But, yeah, just... The Riverside location didn't make any sense. Those three locations make sense. Of those three, yeah, Salt Lake definitely makes the most sense. I really hope it does go through. And there have been a lot of people talking about uh, either Ogden... Utah County, uh, Boise is a popular one. No, it's not. Boise is a popular one for people to say as an option on Twitter. Well, those people are trying really hard. Yeah, see, give and, them credit. They're they're yeah, trying. Uh, my my argument against Boise is what? It's like six hours away, right? Yeah, four, and, four to six hours away. So you lose the closeness advantage you get with any other location. Yeah, uh, you don't get an advantage with the academy. Uh, the only thing it does is starts to extend the Real Salt Lake brand. That, to me, is not a viable op- reason to uh, place a USL pro team somewhere. It's not about brand building for me. Yeah, it, if you can get as many people... Here's, here's where Boise, I think, would make sense. Yeah. Is if you can get more people in the stadium in Boise... And maybe you can build a stadium for cheaper and operate the team cheaper yeah. in Boise. Then maybe that, that might make it some gets sense. A, it gets a say in the argument. But that's the only like that's like you said a say in the argument. That's a good way of putting it. That's the only reason I think Boise would have a chance. Yeah. Or also, and again, this is very minor, but if it would allow us to expand our homegrown academy pool to into Idaho. Idaho I don't know if there's any professional soccer players that have ever come from the state of Idaho. You know, that's something we can look up. But, I'm just looking at extending the academy reach. Our, our homegrown player reach. Yeah. That's that's the only... And again, that's not a big deal because Idaho's not really a soccer hotbed in the country. Brian Farber was from Idaho. Who is that? He played for... Such team says... The indoor California Cougars from 2005 to 2010. Minnesota Thunder. Portland Timbers from 2009 to 2010. So pre-MLS. San Diego Soccers. He scored 33 goals. It was indoor. Yeah. Uh, Carolina Railhawks. Los Angeles Blues. And now again, San Diego Soccers. Um, that looks like the extent of it. Yeah, so that's what I found when I searched soccer players from Idaho. Okay. Well, anyway, those are the. That's a reason that I think you could put it there, and the league obviously would have to approve that. And I'm not sure the league would be stoked about giving us three entire states for our homegrown pool. Yeah, and in fact, a lot of Idaho it makes more sense for someone like Portland or Seattle. I think technically that's where they are right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. No reason to give Seattle more. You know, development resources. Right. No, but if they pull better than downtown Salt Lake and they can do it for cheaper. Yeah. I think they could probably do it for cheaper. I don't think Boise's going to pull better for a RSL, USL pro team no. than downtown Salt Lake. Yeah. Don't see it. So, yeah, Boise's out. Ogden is an interesting one. I've yeah. heard people mention it. Uh, I... It's too far to get any, like, great advantages. It's an hour drive. 40 minutes? It's an hour. 20 minutes if you drive like Trevor. No, it's it's comfortably an hour. 
from Salt Lake. Um, I mean, unless you're like counting Woods Cross and Bountiful as Salt Lake, which no. are Roy. They're Salt Lake County, right? Or is that Davis County? I think that's Davis County. But anyway, yeah, it, it's 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. North of Salt Lake. I'm sure, so, like, some people would go. But that's St. George it. was another one that was brought up that... And St. Is, George makes kind of, a little sense, uh, but about as but much again, as not really. Uh, it is bigger than Ogden. St. George's? Yeah. Yeah, but it's much more retired than Ogden is. Uh, so, yeah, St. George's is one of the faster growing cities in the state, too, so... Yeah. And has but, been for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it actually could support, like, a PDL team. Uh, it'd be a question of people actually going culturally. I don't know if it's a good fit. I'm sure it could be, but... But when we started our, our PDL, uh, Ray Assault Lake Under-23 St. George team, that's awesome. But until then, yeah, I'm not worried. So, to answer your question, Charles... Survey says Salt Lake City. Uh, Salt Lake City is the best place for a USL Pro team. Okay. By uh, all accounts. Adam Hendrickson asks... I, I might a couple be ch- of questions. Yeah. Uh, this is his first two-part question. I might be cheesy, but I miss singing... Believe after halftime. What are your opinions about the Believe anthem? Does it affect the players, crowd, new fans? Also, thoughts about using the stadium speakers. Okay, we're going to address that one separately. Yep. Uh, so, it's kind of fun having Metallica at halftime. It's like a little thing that we do now, and that's kind of cool. We've been doing it. Like, that's not new. No, we did stop for a while for Believe. Yeah, we did. But, but to have Master of Puppets right at halftime, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, we can I, see our friend Crab whip his hair around. It's kind of funny. It's like the highlight of my halftime experience of the game. <laughs> uh, aside from watching people miss the goal in those win-something oh, games. those are the best, aren't they? Yeah, I, it's, it's worse when they get close, though, because then I actually start to feel a little bad. When it's a child that gets really close. Yeah, that's... Oh, that was then I Then I feel really bad about berating him. Because I always do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Um, yeah, it was fun I mean, it, I, the Opinions on the Believe anthem. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I don't think anybody disagrees with that anywhere yeah. in the world. I think everybody loves it. Um, it's the most loved thing in the universe. Pretty much. Specifically after halftime, uh, give or take. I honestly, yeah. until Adam tweeted this, I didn't even realize. Yeah. I, I remembered, once he tweeted, I was like, oh yeah, we did that last season, but we aren't doing that this season. Yeah. What do we, oh yeah, we're doing I think it's Metallica. Gotta, I think it's gotta be something the fans actually do, uh, rather than, like, in that case. At the beginning of the game, yeah, I'm, I think that's, that's great. Yeah. Uh, halftime, if the fans want to sing it, they should sing it. Yeah, I don't know. I like that it's become uh, much more of an organic thing yeah. this year. Last year, last year was the first year we had it. Two years ago. Two years ago was the first, okay. Time flies when you're having fun. right. What was it last year? See, I feel like last year was the first year that they actually. I think it came out like the season before, but like near the end. Yeah. And last year was the year that they had like the intro video and the commercial, and then the words on the on the light boards. Yeah, maybe you're right. Time does fly. This is weird. But, I remember last year, it, it started organically, like, four times. No, it was 2012. It was the first year Sebastian Velasquez was here. 
I remember that. It's a really odd connection to make. Oh, it's because Believe he uh, Sebastian Velasquez, same time. The the ball you know bounced you know near him uh, for that Sean Franklin own goal in that LA Galaxy opener. I'm not following. Oh, the okay. That was not the reason I connected to believe. That's the reason <laughs> I remember he played in that game. Uh, the borrowers had started singing it. Uh, no, not the bar itself, the object, but the people at the bar, uh, and uh, that that's where I formed that connection because that was the first time I, I had you. heard it uh, sung by actual people, not a recording. Okay, where it was probably sung by robots. Maybe it would be really cool. Maybe. I'd love robots. But I, just, I like... The first year we had it, the second year we had it, it, it hasn't really been organic. Yeah. And I think that part of that might just be that it's piped in yeah. after the goals. It's piped in at the beginning of the game. It's piped in at halftime. So it's like, those are the only three times you can sing this song. Yeah, and I think removing it, it's kind it of what it made it feel might like. have helped there. And I think, yeah, I think removing it from halftime allowed people to organically start singing it whenever they like. Yeah. And I really like that. It doesn't always take off, and it doesn't always go stadium-wide. I think it's fantastic when it does. Or yeah. at least when we get, from where our seats are, our whole corner singing it. Yeah. It's fantastic, and I love that. Oh, yeah, it's great. I I don't know that removing it at halftime really made that, but I think it kind of I helps. I think it has it. an impact, yeah. It helps. So You know the, the biggest moment of it uh, really taking on an organic feel, though? What? MLS Cup last year. See, I would go back even before that. It was there was a game, um, and I'm gonna struggle to remember which game it was, but it was a game near the end of the season, and we needed a goal. It could have been a playoff game. Yeah. But I seem to remember the entire crowd, like five minutes before the end of the game, started singing it, and we got a goal like a minute or two after that, like yeah. while we were still singing it. Yeah. Oh, that was good. I don't remember what game it was. I remember that happening though. And... Yeah. That. Yeah. Was where I think it really, people were like, oh, hey, this could be a completely organic thing and be awesome at the same time. Okay, what do you think about the speakers? Personally, I'm indifferent. I, I don't see why people care. Yeah, I... Uh... Like, nobody, nobody said a word. This is one of the things that, like, I don't like Seattle fans for. Yeah. One of the more minor things, but nobody said a single word about it. It wasn't the first game we ever did it. We've been doing it for a year at this point. And then some Seattle fans came, realized it was piped in through the speakers, and blew it up on Twitter. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, these guys are all fakes, and just went off. And I've got a funny anecdote after this. It, it's, there's a very, very valid reason for putting it over the speakers. Yeah. One, well, there's a couple very valid. One, it's still pretty new. Yeah. Not a lot of people knew that it came out when it came out. Yeah. A lot of people did. Not everybody in the stadium. Yeah. You know what I mean? And once the team decided this is what we're going to do, it, they've got to have some way of letting people know this is the song, this is how the words go, and this is when we sing it. Yeah, we're still a developing fan base now. Yeah, like, and especially at the time when they were freaking out about it, yeah. Seattle fans were, we were still figuring it out. Yeah. So it makes perfect sense to pipe it through the stadium so okay. everybody knows. It makes perfect sense to continue piping it through the stadium, because then you have the entire stadium singing it all at once. Yeah, and that's you the know thing. as well as I know that chance can go three rows apart and then get off, or like three people apart. Yeah, chances start organically. Um, even chance that everybody knows. Yeah, you know, ole ole ole, Real Salt Lake. 
the number of times I've heard that song in a round and it's just it gets off so quickly yeah all chants do except for that one because it's piped in and everybody knows how fast it is everybody knows that the north goal is singing it at the same time as the south goal and the east is singing it at the same time as the west everybody's together yeah and when it's everybody's together it's yeah it's so precious it's so much more impactful and so much better and it just sounds better we don't sound like idiots Yep. So for that reason alone, I'm 100% okay with piping it. Yep. And if people have a problem with piping it, like... Uh, you know, a funny thing about it's, Seattle... It's a weak, weak criticism. A uh, funny thing about Seattle. Okay, um, anecdote. Some, some Seattle people I follow, all great people, uh, realized recently that they actually pipe in fan singing during the national anthem. Yeah. In Seattle. Shocker. Um, that other people pipe in music too. Yeah, well, fan singing no less. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that it's for the anthem is cheesier. And that's one thing that they've like always kind of prided themselves on is they're like, our fans sing the anthem. We don't need a national, whatever. No, and but we're, know, we're not the only club that yeah. a has an anthem and b pipes it in. Well, no, that was the, the national anthem. But. No, no, I, I know. I'm, I'm not talking about the national. I'm uh, talking about just club anthems, cl- yeah. songs that the club has. Yeah, there are plenty of clubs in England, in all over Europe, that also have anthems that are also piped in, played through the speakers. It's yeah. not unusual. We are not alone in that thinking. Yeah. So it's just that the fans actually like this one. Yeah, it's uh, and just, it's fans and supporters. It's uh, yeah, like supporter group culture actually like sings this song. Yes. That's the difference. Yes. So, so criticism of the piping, uh, ridiculous. Yeah, overblown. Um, Okay, next question. Do we know what's up with Monsali? And with Winger's current current form, would you start Monsali ahead of him if he's fit? So we kind of addressed this. uh, Not directly, but indirectly. Yeah, as to why he's not been on the bench. And this is something that... We surmised, we made guesses, we took an educated stab at in, in the dark. This is something that we have talked about off and on throughout the entire year. And it's something that I was going to mention when you asked, like, big changes in the lineup this weekend. Yeah. That would be an example of a big change that I could see happening, but I don't expect. Is Mansali starting ahead of winger for Colorado? If it does, I think I understand the reasons why. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't really expect it. I think he's not been on the bench for the reasons that, or he wasn't on the bench this weekend. Um, for the reasons that we mentioned, he is kind of considered a second defender. Second defender slash forward. That's slash midfielder. Yeah. A- attacking fullback. Uh, well, he's a wide forward. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he has been on the bench plenty this year. Yeah, and he's playing, I don't think there's so. any question about his fitness. He hasn't been injured, anything like that. I think it's just simply been tactical choices that have kept him out of the lineup and off yeah. the bench. I would agree. I think we will see more of Mansali as the year goes on. I don't think it's that he's like fallen out of favor with Kassar. Yeah. Or anything like that. Um, personally, I might give him a shot against Colorado. Uh, his recovery speed would be very, very useful against a very quick Colorado team. Yes. That was my best radio voice. <laughs> that was um, pretty uh, good. I've been working on it. That was pretty good. In the bathroom, in the mirror. I, uh, yeah. You are beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
sort of thing. Actually, um, phew, that's pretty much the only. We do have. Uh, one we, we got one more question. I'll read it. Do you want to? We read also it? kind of addressed this one. Will Olmas Garcia, in a way, we addressed it, be able to have children? Well, I'm not sure about the potency of his sperm. Uh, I know that, at, like the body's pH level, uh, especially the person he's mating with, do play a role. Uh, so I can't speak for him when I say that he will probably be able to have children. Uh, now, as far as like a desire, uh, he's a happy-go-lucky guy, and really, that's the sort of thing I imagine happy-go-lucky guys do when they marry. Uh, their girlfriends and are just grinning the whole time. Uh, as far as like, uh, I don't know, it, it, it really depends on you know who he decides to have children with. <laughs> I'm really glad that you you took that route and you were able to maintain composure and complete the answer. Yeah, I think that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I was laughing the whole time. My answer to that is I don't think you're qualified. Because, I mean, we're not doctors, so... Yeah. A little pinch on the on the ween doesn't really kill the ability, and, does it? And, and we don't know what his status was before that. That's it, true. Maybe. He may have been sterile. He, he might have been sterile. Like, That's long possible. before that. You know? Yeah. So, maybe it didn't have any effect. Maybe the answer he is no. He could adopt. He, I'm sure he can adopt. Yeah, that that's a, a socially good thing to do. Maybe not in this country yet. Because you gotta, like... Have citizenship and things. I think so. Oh. I know it's, especially in Utah, there, Utah's one of the states where it's really strict on who can and cannot adopt. It's a long process. That's that true. Maybe professional athletes not capable of really and pursuing The job is a little risky to do something like that. Yeah. Well, because uh, you also, you, you have to have the kid for six months. Oh, and yeah. they have to evaluate your time with the kid for six months. Well, I wasn't there with him in the mornings, and then some weekends I was just gone. I, I don't know if if, hey. the, if the travel would uh, really yeah. work for that. Yeah. So maybe adoption's out. Yeah, we'll we'll wait until he has uh, like a steady significant other. Uh, we'll see how that goes. We could we could. Uh... Well, let's let's circle back six months after that. <laughs> uh, we can discuss this again on episode one hundred thirty-seven of Off the Crossbar, a Real Salt Lake podcast. We'll, we'll follow up. We'll yeah. do our necessary follow-up yep. to properly answer this question. Sounds good. This one kind of came out of left field. We weren't really ready for this question. I know. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what prompted that. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Nether Cole. Can we play Nether Cole? Um, oh, here's the thing. All right. Oh, I came up with a brilliant Nether Cole. All right. One brilliant Nether Cole. Problem is, I can't remember it now. I remember I came up with it like... Typical. Last Friday, oh. right? Like almost seven days ago. And I thought, that's a brilliant Nether Cole. Now I don't remember what it is. Oh. Who's more likely to wear Birkenstocks to the beach? That wasn't it, but I would think probably Ned. Yeah, that's Ned. <laughs> uh, who is more likely to start on Saturday? Ned. Uh, Ned. Although. We do that one every single week, don't we? Probably. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see him sit. Who do you think is, is the first? Mm, this might be Ned. Little little change of pace here. Ned. Who's going to be the first player out of those two to leave RSL, either through a retirement or through a trade? 
Ned will never leave our hearts. <laughs> so it's enough. Will he have a contract with Braille Solid? Whether he does or doesn't, he'll still be with us. Okay. So call. I didn't say that. <laughs> You're not going on the record to say. Actually, uh, it depends on what happens in the expansion draft. That's still happening. Yeah. I'm still developing theories about the expansion draft. By the way, they're not going to take Josh Saunders from anyone. Anyone? Well, well they wouldn't have taken him from anyone in the first place. He's out of contract. What if you signed with somebody? MLS and then got taken. Anyway, that didn't happen. So I don't. I don't think New York would have let that happen. I think if New York wanted Josh Saunders, which obviously they did, because they approached him and signed him for a contract. Yep. They would have not been like, oh, let's just wait till the end and, and see if he gets picked up. Yep. wonder if they sent him on a six-month pre-contract. Well, he's on loan to San Antonio right now, yeah. so he's, like, contracted to New York City right now. That's pretty rad, I guess. Same with Jeb Brodsky. Wow. Who is on loan in Norway, Sweden? Norway, Sweden. I think he's on loan with Bob Bradley's team. Yeah. And then I don't remember which team that is. Via and Via's going to Australia. That's so weird. Is Lampard going anywhere? I'm not going to say where Lampard's going. <laughs> You're the wrong person to ask. Who else do they have signed? They've got... That's that's about it. Do they only have four? I thought they had five. Yeah, maybe they'll sign Fernando Torres. They can send him straight to... Hell. I guess. <laughs> uh, honestly, I would love to see Fernando Torres in MLS not scoring. Still. That'd be the funniest thing. Like, like get like three goals all season. Yeah. That'd just be like play twenty five games, yeah, three goals, or maybe even play well, but <laughs> it'd just be like play like Ole Miss, oh, decent, like but way more than him, right? Yeah, not a thousand minutes He's in a, way in a more full decent. calendar year. Play like thirty five hundred minutes, thirty five hundred minutes, three goals. How many games do we have? No, hey, I did the math way wrong. Yeah, like twenty seven hundred minutes. Okay, there you go. Three goals. <laughs> that'd be pretty funny okay well that wraps up the podcast on that it should anyway yeah yeah inauspicious note yeah uh, but we'll be back next week with stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff maybe Jason will join us next week you better Jason maybe not that we think you made it this far in listening because we know you listen to the first five minutes and then get bored fall asleep yeah fall asleep get bored play football manager you know one of the, one of those things I, I I understand. I don't even listen to our podcast. I don't I don't want to listen. You don't listen to our podcast? No. Am I the only one that listens to our podcast? Yeah, probably. Alright. You're you and two Although other to, people. To be fair, I only listen to the first half of the last two, admittedly. Oh well. And I I feel bad for letting you guys down. Well that's okay. Until you just told me that you guys don't listen to it at all. Yeah, I don't <laughs> It's a little hurt. That was my dismissive noise. I couldn't make the <laughs> sound loud enough, so <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I I pulled it off. I I did some hard work. I uh, dug deep and uh, I did what I could. I did what I had to. So here's to Real Salt Lake win and one step closer to hoisting that. We didn't do predictions. Do know? What's yours? I think we finally get a shutout against Colorado at home. Yeah, calling it. 2-0 to okay. the good guys. How about a Nat Borchers goal? Chris Winger goal? And um, the Kyle Beckerman goal. Okay. I Revenge just, of the Rapids. I think we're going to get uh, a penalty Revenge kick. of the former Rapids. Penalty kick, and uh, Finley's going to take it. 
and no hobby. No, Hobby's not gonna let. Not no. I think Finley's gonna take it, or maybe Hobby takes it, gets saved, and then Finley scores a rebound. All right. Uh, I don't like the idea of Javi missing a penalty, but... And then, it's not missed, he, it gets saved, clearly. What if he just rolls it a little ahead, uh, and Findlay runs onto it and scores? I saw that happen once. That's actually legal. Yeah, it is. It just has to make a full rotation. Went through, went through the rule book on that one. Um, who else scores? And then Velasquez comes on and scores a goal in like the 91st minute. Oh. So Stoppage time in the second half. It's 1-0 in a stupid, awful game until the very end? Yeah. All right, that sounds about right. Pretty much. Okay, next week. See you guys. Bye. Bye.